nobody else is going to buy it, so I better. And uh, I, then I got to figure out how to learn uh, how to run it and everything. And then everybody started going, hey, I like what hey, you uh, did. Can uh, you uh, come do the Run show? sound for us. And then, okay. yeah. Now I do more sound gigs than four-day creep gigs. Yeah, that's all right, though. You got to have that plan. Hey, hey, hey. Boom. Sibilance. Sibilances. Sibilances, speaking of Tom Hanks. Sibilance? Does he say sibilance? It's a SNL joke. Sorry. Tom Hanks does that? Yeah, he goes on, He's and he's a roadie checking for like oh, a band. Yeah. I, I think I've <laughs> seen that. <laughs> he's like, sibilance, 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 sibilances, sibilances. It's great. So, anyways. <laughs> We're in. Are we rolling? We're in. I just wanted to catch that little bit he was talking about. Sibba Linces. Yeah. Well, um, I, I, what episode number is this, AJ? Number five? Five. Five. Episode number five. I still can't believe we're still on the air. You we know? made it to month two. We're in, we're, second, we're in another month of podcasts. Yeah. You said to me that you wanted to do like one to two a month, and we did four in one month. <laughs> yeah, but I got really excited. I know. <laughs> it was like, this is really fun. We should That's keep awesome. doing this. It's awesome. So. <laughs> well, I, thanks, cool. thanks I was for, wondering when number five would come out. And now you're on number five. Yeah. Man, oh man. Now's a good time to introduce our guest today. We got Rick Clay. Guitar extraordinaire, sound guy of uh, Four Day Creep, correct? Yeah, thank you. Nice to have you in the studio. As always, we got AJ Venz, Wolfpack Productions. Hi there. I am Mike Schulte. Yes, you are. I'm the drummer for the Pork Tornadoes. Mm -hmm. I'm remembering. That's two times in a row I'm remembering to say my name right off the bat. Thank you. Thank you. (laughs) Uh, This is an important episode because this probably should have been number two or number three, if not number one. Mm. I think it's one of the biggest things that people have been asking about lately. Which I'm was why I'm glad we're doing this. It's uh, it's sound guy. I, I haven't thought of a name for it. It's just pro tips and do not do things from sound guy extraordinaire. <laughs> I think that's a super important thing to talk about. And so we brought Rick in. Rick, um, you are a guitarist with Four Day Creep, right? Yeah, yeah. But you also run sound for Four Day Creep. That's true. Do you run sound for a lot of other bands around here? Yeah, uh, you know, a handful of bands and. Uh, um, some of the semi-nationals that come in, uh, Chrome Horse and stuff, Derek will give me a ring and say, come save me. <laughs> Perfect. Yeah. How long have you been playing music for, man? Oh, man. Well, if I don't say my age, I'll just say I've been playing since I was about 12. About 12, huh? Yeah. So how many years is that then? Well, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, I guess it's about yeah, 10. About 30. 10 years. So I thirty three to be exact. We got a we got a friend Ooh. sitting in the studio here, Sean Pryor. Yes. I'm going to take this question from his question bank. What got you interested to to play music in the first place? Ozzy, Ozzy, that was it. <laughs> Ozzy <laughs> walks out on stage Sabbath. and you go, "Well, I got to play guitar now, right?" Yeah, yeah. Sabbath. Nothing Respect. wrong with that. So what what got you into doing sound? Um, I guess just uh, the need for it. Like I said, uh, I don't know if you caught it earlier, but I, I came from Indiana, came here to Cedar Rapids to work, um, joined a band, and around that time, uh, in 2010, it seemed like all the bands were running their own sound. Um, our guy that I was in the band with in Canty Rocks, uh, he ran the sound, and uh, the other guitar player. And then when we formed up uh, Four Day Creep, I just felt that that was the way everybody did it around here. Started running our own sound. I bought all the PA equipment and learned how to work it and started running our own sound. And people started saying, hey, uh, you want to come run sound for us? Hey, you're actually doing pretty good. Yeah, now I do more sound gigs than than, uh, four-day creep shows. It's a natural, (laughs) uh, it's a natural, like, I guess, 
someone in the band generally becomes the sound guy. You know, like yeah. as you're together, someone seems to maybe know a little bit more about sound than the others. Yeah. And then they generally just gravitate towards maybe buying something or being able to run a rented right. system. Um, but don't you think that's kind of a tough double gig though? I mean, cause it certainly is. If yeah. you're running, if you're running sound and you're playing, there's some difficulties there, right? Where yeah, you gotta you gotta do a lot of planning because I like to set it and forget it, and uh, yeah. you know if if you don't plan it well, then uh, you can't. You have to make changes in the middle of the show, and you know that can be a problem well, when you've got two hands on your on your wood right. or on your guitar. <laughs> <laughs> well, and now and you're the one now bringing the sound system as well as your gear. Yeah. Um is that a thing where you are compensated for that as well on top of everything? Uh yeah, but in uh in our band in Four Day Creep, everybody usually helps set up and tear down, so uh, that's uh, a little bit less work for me than a normal sound gig. So I'm going to I'm going to take this to a different level, but feel free to interject however you want. I want I want this conversation to be about you as a sound guy so let's take out four day creep from the mix because i I want you to give us a perspective from a sound guy who is strictly there to work as a sound guy and you know i've i'll give you some background on us i mean any band i've ever been in generally owns some sort of a sound system and would set it up and would make it work and deal with all the insane technical difficulties that comes with that um and i think most bands will do that because they find it easy to then not have to hire a sound guy. Cause you know, if you're making, let's say you're making $500 or something for a night. Now you got to hire a sound guy that's eating into your pay. Most bars around here don't have a sound system. Yeah. So there, maybe that's why people do the route that you just said. It's like, Hey, if I can just buy this myself, I can learn it. We can do it. But the further I've gotten into this, um, the more I've said that is something that a professional should handle. Let right. us worry about what we're doing on stage. Let them worry about what's happening out there. And it's it's kind of a trade-off between um, how big you want to get and how pro you want to look and how pro you want to sound with the production. When you first start out and you're going out and playing smaller shows, you're you know you're happy to take your practice system out with you and and play in that, and it might sound okay, it might not sound okay, and most of the time it just sounds eh okay, right. <laughs> but. Uh, as you start getting a bigger fan base and you start saying, what can we do to grow our band and be cooler and sound better and, you know, start building production and, you know, then people start thinking about the things they're going to wear and, you know, things like that. <laughs> they don't want to be messing around with sound and they just want to get up there, focus on play. the show and play. Well, that's got to be the way a band sounds has to be one of the most important things. I mean, it can it can move you up to a different level. Completely. Yeah. And, and, and I, I'll admit that I didn't realize that until maybe, you know, three or four years ago. You just think, oh, it's, it's a sound system. It's Somebody a will make it run. Thought. It's yeah. a secondary thought. Mm-hmm. But just like musicians and just like bands, like not all are created equal. And I would say that about sound guys, too. Yeah. And, and so what would you think? Um, let's say where I'm a band new to the scene and I want to hire a sound guy. You know, like, what what am I looking for in a, in a sound guy or a sound company? Well, I mean, I think the first thing people are thinking about is price, you know, that when you're a new band. that's And, and you know, between myself and a lot of the sound guys that run sound in the bars around here, I, I think it's all pretty, pretty much about the same. And we all talk, too. Yeah. So. It's all about the same. And, uh, well, it's kind of like uh, all the bars in town kind of pay the same to bands yeah. for the most part. Yeah. Uh, I think the best thing to do is, is go out 
and um, watch bands and pay attention to who's yeah. running their sound. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, that's how a lot of people ask me when they saw me running my own sound. They said, hey, you run sound for anyone else? And then I said, well, I guess I can. Well, it, and then I, that's how I got started. And I, th- I think a big thing for me, too, is the, the quality of a gear, uh, which yep. is very equivalent to bands. Like the quality of their gear on stage sometimes kind of shows you how pro they are, where the yep. quality of a sound guy's gear is, sure. is super important. You know, if, if, if subs aren't working right or if, uh, you know, well, mm-hmm. that tweeter's blown over there, but it'll be fine. And channels 14 and 16 don't work. I mean, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Are, they, are they truly caring for their, their stuff? Uh, sure. have, you, have you kind of had a gradual graduation into like higher levels of sound gear or did you just go oh, for the top oh, right no, off the bat? I just went for the top <laughs> if you uh I'll let you fill my wallet but my credit cards well, are real no heavy yeah. <laughs> yeah yeah there's no uh no cash and lots of heavy credit cards in there yeah. <laughs> I'm not envious of of the the stuff we um I'll, I'll tell you a couple stories we use um uh, Doug Johnson RGS uh-huh. and that was sort of just a natural thing that happened for us we knew him and we knew we were getting on some bigger stages right. and he's got he, he just bought a line array i mean he Tons he very gear, rarely yeah. goes into the smaller level but but knowing that that doug is out there i don't have a care in the world about what it sounds like out there because i know it will but i've exactly. been in situations where somebody doesn't know our sound or i just don't know if i trust them like right. it's on the back of my mind the whole show yeah is is it sounding good is it sounding good mm-hmm. so i think that's not only do you get out and find somebody that you trust but work with them on a consistent basis right and i i do that with a lot of the bands that i run sound for um say flex yeah uh, i we kind of grew together yeah. as a, you know uh, they decided they wanted to step up their production and now i'm like a sixth member of the band well you, know? you and you know their you know their lineup and their setup and their song lists and yeah. every song from front to back and that's huge you know that on this song this guy's going to take the lead part i want to boost him on this song this guy's right. singing some backups no one to stick the cool echoes and yes. delays on the singer. Yeah. I've heard that at a flex yeah. show before. I mean, that that's a huge. Again, now does that take you to another level as a band? I think it does. I think it does. Yeah, yeah. We've, um, we've had moments in when back in the day, kidnap. Uh, we play Gabe's all the time. We always looked for our sound guy Red to be there that night, hoping the he would guy. be there. The Gabe's yeah. guy, uh, because I mean, he would be there, and we'd ask him to run sound, even if maybe it wasn't him doing it that night. But be, not, and no slant to the other sound person per se, but we knew well, he'd worked with us before and we looked for him and we said, hey, we'll give you a 20 spot, 30, whatever you need. Can you run sound for us tonight? And we knew we were going to have the sound matched to us, yeah. for us. You know what I mean? Because it's he'd worked with he, us. And because you treated him well. And Correct. that goes back yeah. to anything. Like we've yeah. talked in previous episodes about being kind to bar owners, being yeah. kind to bar staff, being great to your sound guy, helping your sound guy yeah. load some stuff. I mean, that will be remembered forever. Cause I I've heard, I've heard stories about, you know, sound guys just not really caring about yeah. a band and just here's your mix. Yeah. Good luck with that. I mean, back in the original band days, that's, that's when things get tough oh, man. and you can attest to this. Cause the, we've 100%. played games before yeah. where the sound guy said it and then just went out and had some cigarettes and was just exactly. smoking wall. There was active feedback problems, mm-hmm. and like then a mic went out on stage, and we're like, hey, we're, 
hey, B- Billy, can you get up here? And nowhere to be found. We're asking for stuff on stage. A, yeah. A quick, a quick fix, anything like that. But he's not near the nope, sound. No, he's not even and, there. Oh, and, and, and again, that goes back to the not all sound guys are created equal. Absolutely. And especially if they're jaded with their job and they're just like, I hate this. Why am I doing it? You weren't talking about monitors, though, because nobody ever asks for changes on those. No, right? never, never. <laughs> no no never one ever for, does the up and down. No one's ever had done this. But you get the thumbs up, or, but then that could mean up or it could mean you're good or whatever it is. <laughs> the communication is important. Yeah. Well, that's like scuba diving. You know that you know what the okay sign is in scuba diving? Is it this? It's this. Okay, it's good. the uh the okay it's sign. The okay. You know, yeah. yeah. And if you're going thumbs up, that means we got a problem, we gotta go up. Okay, you yeah. Know? See, and that's mm. the thing. Like it's the communication's gotta be there too. But if you have a, a sound guy you know, he knows what you mean, you know. So. And when you know the sound guy, it's just like in a band when you're playing with each other, you kind of have that uh telepathy where you yeah. can play off of each other and yeah, you know 100%. what your guys are gonna do and they know what you're going to do. And yeah, you, you start getting that with your sound guy in the band also. Yeah. What do you, um, what do you expect as a sound guy from a band that you're working with? You know, as far as, um, you know, what do you expect for them, their levels of helping you out? What do you expect for them, you know, in a sound check? What do you expect from during a show? Uh, well, you mentioned helping as far as helping, um, you know, uh, like, to set up or any of that stuff i don't need any help but uh, as far as you know cooperation and an open mind the first thing i do is go to the guitar players (laughs) i'm a guitar player and guitar players are the worst you you this is just a juxtaposition thing here this doesn't make sense you're a guitar player who runs sound yeah yeah okay uh, guitar players in my experience have been the worst and it took me a long time to figure it out you know when i was a kid i was a little jerk on guitar too you know wanted to have the 412 blast and ass all over the so, place. So what you would do is you would turn your amp to four for sound check, but then bump it up to six or seven oh, yeah, during the just, show. Yeah, right. yep. mess around yep. with Correct. it. And, I know ooh, what that is. Ooh, just a little oh, bit yeah, more. It, just it a needs little. to be louder. There's no way he knows that this yeah, needs to be louder. That's how I get my tone. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's where it comes from. <laughs> but nowadays with the systems, at least my system and most of the other systems around, the modern system, um, you just don't need that kind of stage volume. And uh, the first thing I do is talk to the guitar players and say, dude, if you turn down for me, I will blast you in the monitor as much as you want. And, you know, I, I can knock their heads off with my mind. I've run separate mixes, so if I turn the guitar player up, it's not going to bother l- the lead singer. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, that's that's what, how I do it. And everybody's been happy with it after, after they... T- Trust me. <laughs> that, that's that's huge. Just trust in the sound guy. Yeah, I, mean, I, I tell I tell the guys, uh, you know, I've been to shows. Have you ever been to a show where you're right up front and the guitar is killing you? Yeah. Oh, but yeah. then you go to the back and you can't really hear the yeah. guitar that yeah. much. It's because a 412 is only made to shoot out about 30 feet. And then in the back, you're not going to hear that. Yeah. You're, not, you're just not going to hear it. And in the front, the people that are standing up front, it's going to kill them. Yeah, it's in the- so uh, a PA is made for you know to cover the whole place. And if I can get that guitar in the PA, it's going to sound a lot better, and the overall mix is going to be better. Uh, you know, you guys have all—I know you guys have heard it. Oh, when the guitar gets too loud, sound guy just hits mute. Yeah, and then it's just his so stage just, volume yeah, then, going out. And then out so into you the go to the back of stage and nothing's happening. And then at it's all. mismatched yeah. between the you know the whole mix. At this point, just run your own sound if you're not going to trust the sound guy. Exactly. Yeah, that's yeah that's cr- so. I mean, and you said something about you know stage volume, and one of the things that we have 
come across in the last three years as we started doing in-ear monitor mixes. Yeah, I haven't had the I haven't had the chance to really run a band that did all in-ears, but man, it must be nice. Well, here, here, so here's what would happen. Let's say you're running sound for us. We show up, we roll all our stuff on stage, we hand you a loom, a snake of 32 channels. We go, here you go, run front of house. Right. You know, and, and from there, then all of our mixing is done through our own ears, you know, through our own program where we don't have to rely on you to worry about monitors. And one of the, one of the things that's been great about that is that it just gives the sound guy full control over the front. We'll worry about stage. You worry about front. Everybody's doing their job. But the, the thing I really noticed was that we lowered our stage volume immensely. And there's nothing up there to feed back. There's nothing there to feed back. The, the, just the level on stage is super comfortable you know, the, the people in front aren't getting blown out by guitars and monitors. Yep. Um, and that sort of comes along with uh, the, in, the, the in-ear monitors of like protecting your hearing too. I mean, yep. you know, you got these loud drums and you've got these loud in-ear monitors or, or uh, stage monitors where you go to the in-ear monitor system and it's... You get to hear exactly what you want exactly and however you want. loud you want it. Yeah, and you don't, have to, uh, you don't have to rely on somebody to get you the proper mix. I mean, it saves your mix. Depending yeah. on the room, you change a couple things. Um, how do you feel about um, techniques in like getting stage volume down? Is that an ideal thing for a sound guys to just lower all the volume on stage? Yeah, I mean that's that's the biggest thing. I mean the the big fight in running live sound is is uh, monitors and open mics. <laughs> I mean you're you're fighting it. People always want more monitor. And, always. and you can always you <laughs> and can, is that because their guitar amp is too loud and it's just this it endless be. loop <laughs> it could be and, and there yeah there's an endless loop and there's also uh things that uh you know well i'd say people want more volume they can't hear certain things and and the answer is always turn up and uh <laughs> you can only turn up so much before your your mics start picking yeah. it up and you get feedback and mm-hmm. you know i like to uh think of things a little bit different and uh, I call it subtractive uh, mixing. And sometimes when you we have everybody going, and then one guy says, uh, or say the singer says, "Man, I just can't hear myself enough." Well, instead of turning turning him up, I turn everybody else down. Yeah, gotcha. And and all of a sudden now you've got that solution. Like, okay, now I can hear myself. Right. You don't just have to keep stacking things on top of each other. And there's other, right? there's things. You know, I mean, music is a palette of stuff if uh you know you've got your bass at the low end you've got you know cymbals at the high end you've got everything in between guitar and vocals are kind of around the same (laughs) palette of frequencies so they kind of fight each other and um bass is also a killer i've uh, you know a lot of people have asked me to turn bass in the monitors and i you know most of the time i just won't do it because it wipes out the vocals and then the singer's going i can't hear myself totally just get a bigger better cab maybe uh, for a bass player right yeah that's that's, that's that's usually the only person i i give a little bit more freedom yeah. to on the stage is the bass player because i'm not putting him in the monitors so i i want him to be able to be comfortable and hear himself but i also don't want him louder than the subs of the pa uh, that that's super true right right so, so it's and well and the, being a sound guy i i think all of us have maybe at one time tried to like 
mix a band? Have you ever been like the oh, guy? Yeah. Yep. Or, or you, you're like, oh, it's so easy. You just, you know, you take the levels and you go like this. And yeah. that's quickly one of the things you realize that there is so much more right. to, to just sitting on some faders. Yeah. I mean, you know, you've got your compressors and your gates and your EQs. And I mean... All the scary stuff the that sc- can get stuff you that no out one wants in the to weeds. Yeah, I don't want to learn about any of this stuff. Faders. There's so many knobs. Have you seen knobs, it? So. If it was just faders, there would just be faders, right? Yeah. Like, Whatever what, what needs are all turned those up, you just turn it up. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And that's, that's one <laughs> thing you mentioned before, like what bar owners and things would expect. You know, so, sometimes, uh, well, you know, doing bar sound where we don't have everybody within ears and we don't have an electronic kit. You know, drums are, you know, they have their own volume to them. And they can't it, turn it's down hard, the drums. It's, hard to, turn, <laughs> it's hard to turn down the drums. So uh, you you have to mix everything above, you know, within, you know, at however that point, loud your the drum drums is, are. is pretty much your volume level, yeah, right? That's, that's, your that's, your, yeah. that's your baseline. And um, sometimes if you have a loud drummer and, and the bar owner, you know, if you have it have it right there, it's not like you can just take the main fader and no, just turn it down to you, a whisper quiet and everybody will be happy. No, you just have a, you know, an hour long drum solo. <laughs> well, do you speak, let's get on to drums a little bit here. Do you, um, in a, in a club here in Cedar Rapids, are you still going to want to mic every drum? I do because I can. Right. And most of the time I'll end up, uh, I shouldn't even say this, but, uh, we can edit this. Yeah. We, we well, won't edit it. A lot of times I'll just, you know, like you say, mic every drum. Well, I do mic every drum, but uh, a lot of times I'll end up turning down or just muting the yeah. snare. Yeah. Because it doesn't need it most of the time. We we will we will mic every single thing we have specifically for the in-ears, but there will be places and times when it's not all going through. But I, th- I think that the misconception is, is that why would you mic that? It's already really loud, but it's like you can still... Get a little bit, a bit that into the right, system. Turn it up you know? just a little bit. Just and a little, add a little bit of nice atta- reverb yeah, to the add snare, some attack or just, something to something, and yeah, change it just and, to make it sound a little nicer and fuller or whatever. But when you start getting into somebody saying, "Well, you need to turn this down," or you know, Kale coming up and saying, "Hey, turn it down," you know, and uh, you know, you got to turn it down and. Um, you got to try to figure out a good way to do that. All right, I got two things in my brain. I'm going to lose one of them for sure. AJ, remember. Remember to remind me of original bands mm-hmm. and their gear. Okay. You remember that? Yep, All right, cool. Second <laughs> second question about drums. How do you feel about electronic drums? The full kit being an, elect- an electronic drum set. Easy for a sound guy. And uh, on the other end, I don't really care for the sound as much. 100%. I... I I've I've I would love to have an better. electronic kit just for practice reasons. You pop your headphones on, and I'm sure just here's my left and right output. We'll adjust the sound levels. I'm sure that's a dream come true I've for seen a some, sound guy. I've seen some you know big expensive ones that have come out recently yeah. that will actually not just two outs, but you've got separate outs for, outs for every one of them. I wow. just I, the the live aspect like you gotta to me you've got to have some acoustic drums in there you yeah. know I, I something about and it's the, just the tone not, of it and the, I, and, and i the don't look know maybe it. i'm old school and uh you know picky you know <laughs> I, yeah but uh it's just not that much rock and roll either yeah is it? it takes the rock and roll away a little it's bit not doesn't that it? much rock and roll is it <laughs> all right what was i gonna say aj original bands and their equipment thank you yeah AJ. here for you <laughs> uh, this is this is important because um i want to know what kind of stock you put in 
the gear quality of musicians. You know, like how good of a drum set it is, how nice the cymbals are, how well the drums are tuned, how nice the guitar amps, how nice the guitars are. What do you think the importance level of that is from a sound guy's perspective? Uh, well, I mean, uh, I guess it's important and it's also not important. I guess there's a, you know, there's a fine line after you, after you get past the, the base point, you got to have gear that works and, and gear, you know, you say the way drums are tuned. Uh, I'm not a drummer, so, uh, you know, I can play a terrible beat for you and I, and I know what all the AC drums Slater are. AC Slater beat. Yeah. Yeah. Talent show. Yep. But, um, you know, I don't know how to tune the drums. Right. And I've had drums that I've had to run sound for that, you know, the there's kick, no saving it the at this kick point. Will is ring it? for two seconds after, Oof. after the kick, you know, and <laughs> yeah, those are kind of rough. So I, you know, as far as being able to tune the drums, that's a whole different thing, but the, the brand and all that stuff. Now, don't get me wrong. I'm a total snob music a, snob yes you are with a, you know i can tell I'm by the, the air you brought I'm into the this gibson building. guy around town you know <laughs> the I've bankrupt a, gibson guy yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh sweet water just loves me oh yeah <laughs> and uh yeah so i'm a total usa you gotta buy usa <laughs> stuff and but uh um, but when it but when it comes to having a signal coming to you as a sound guy you can kind of make do with with what you get for the most part right yeah for the most part well, and that, that's a testament to having a good sound guy, because there are some maybe that what you're giving them is what they're, what they're running with. That's and, an important thing, uh, you know, input versus output. You, you know, I've heard people say before, you can't polish a turd, you know. And, yeah. yeah, you've got to have good, clean signals yeah. coming in. Well, and the only reason I bring that up is because I, I go back to my original band days, and it, you know, when you're starting off in a band, generally you're not able to get the most expensive and the most awesome gear right um and and that usually equates to an original band scene because most people do original music when they start playing music i guess right before they maybe yeah. get into covers and um i mean what, what have you guys experienced in the original band scene as far as the quality of gear versus the the sound guy kind of a thing well i've seen everything from like people being romantic about their junky gear mm -hmm. you know what i mean like it's <laughs> like look i play this because like i've had it for this long and it's like just because i can't afford good equipment doesn't mean i can't be a, a rocker it's right like, it's like yeah but you could probably go and like get something maybe put some <laughs> new strings on right. that thing yeah, maybe some new strings. <laughs> i've had people tell me they like you know the the tone from their dead strings or something like that it's like no come on we, we just, all know better you're just saying this because yeah. you can't afford to get right. new strings this and might be like, a new market that i can open up yeah, because yeah, I, string I, I, I take my strings off after every there, show yeah, like, dude, you, think you so. literally have an uh, there you, you have full inventory ready to yeah. roll so but yeah you you see it uh all the time i mean as far as it goes when you're doing the DIY thing and original bands, I mean, we, I mean, I'd say about a third of the shows that we did kidnap were DIY, and we yeah. we set up our own 100%. equipment. And but those are smaller venues that relied on the room bounce, house shows, and, and house shows, like that, yep. and it's like we know it's not big enough that we need to mic our cabs. Um, but that's the rawness of that kind right. of a scene, though. It's right. like we don't really care. Correct. Just get the vocals through the system. Yeah. We'll call it good. And that's exactly. that's what I call old school sound. Yeah, yeah. Where you nobody's mic'd up except for the vocals yeah and yeah. everybody's just anybody can run that sound gig it's a yeah. practice space setup kind of vibe if you will like, yeah you know bare bones kind of thing and funny as Break it is down. those are the usually the ones where you can't hear the singer it, generally <laughs> speaking yes <laughs> isn't that weird yeah, i've never heard a singer before in a house show actually yeah. even with the sound system yeah. 
So, um, but yeah, I, I guess that's my experience with it overall. Well, and you guys, so you guys have gone from like, you know, DIY shows to even the bigger production things like, um, what was that a couple summers ago at like Hawkeye Downs? Wolfpack? Yeah, Wolfpack, Wolfpack did the big like double stage. Yeah. I mean, what, what, what was the experience in that? I mean, you guys hired a full on sound company to run a double stage setup yeah. with what? 15 bands or something uh, like that Yeah, the last the last year was uh almost almost 20 bands that we were running you know just kind of shootout style one would finish up you get five minutes in between you just run your bands back to back and uh that was cnj sound they did an amazing job for us uh our experience with that we gave a rundown to our bands ahead of time and everything to make sure that they were prepared for that um but they did a really good job for the most part. I mean, I don't think there was anybody who really had any major issues or anything like that, equipment-wise. Um, and C&J, like I say, um, at that point, that was one of the points that you realize the importance, the, how how much of an unsung unsung yeah. hero the sound guys really are, man. And not just the guy behind the board, the guys on stage yeah, too. Oh, totally. Your techs, your doing monitor the, mixer yeah, guys, I mean, everybody working really hard. So yeah. Uh, that was that was a great time and and that was an eye opener if you will. So Rick, I, I'm jumping around so much here. It's because this oh. bush light is hitting me nice and nice and cold. <laughs> oh. Feels good, you know, especially like, on a Monday. Yeah. <laughs> on a Monday, on yeah. A Monday. Bush light. Uh, I want to go back to um, stage volume type stuff. What what um, have you ever run into a band that's had um, drum shields, cymbal shields, guitar shields? On stage, the acrylic shields. I haven't had the luxury yet, no. <laughs> we, we've we played around with a lot of different kinds of them because, you know, our guitar players in the past were like, it's got to be up loud for yeah. the amp And some places and, require it. I've seen casinos where they say, no, drummer's going to uh, have a shield, you know. It's 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 huge. So I and started again, off... again, it's not very rock and roll. But. No, it looks dumb, but you know what? If... if if that if being behind a shield allows you to really play at the same yeah. hardness that you're used to, but not have to worry about the sound quality, like you know how loud you are. I think that's a huge thing. Sure, um, we've experimented a lot with. We've had the full bone, almost fully in companies. You know, like where you're in a glass case of emotions and it feels weird. <laughs> are you a hard hitter? I'm a pretty hard hitter. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I'm. I've you learned look like in my. A hard hitter. I've learned in I my years in though eye. the importance of dynamics. Though. <laughs> Uh, like I am a dynamic drummer, and I've I've learned that. And I think that's important for any musician. But we've recently gone to just cymbal shields only, where there's just these kind of octagonal. Is that that's the word? You got where it. they just go around the cymbals. Those those cymbals that you're really crashing on. Yeah. So you don't look as dumb, but it keeps that cymbal bleed out of the microphones. <laughs> and I I I mean they're not that expensive. Yeah, and, I. Didn't even know about them. Yeah. Now I have to go look. You got to get Troy a pair of those, man. Yeah. <laughs> Standing right next to his cymbals. They're at right at ear level. <sighs> and he's a hard hitter too, oh, yeah. man. So those cymbals are just, God. Yeah. He's rung my bell a couple times. I think that's going to be a thing in the future that a lot more drummers and guitar players are going to go to. It's just a little bit of, hey, you can play that guitar as loud as you want. You can play those drums as loud as you want, but let's keep some of it out of the microphones. And Yeah. And, you know kind of goes with what you're saying in the bars in you know any of the bars here in cedar rapids i don't i don't use overheads because all the drum mics pick them up anyway <laughs> you're just fine yeah and even the vocal and mics even on stage yeah, yeah they're all picking it up yeah everything's getting picked up uh, symbol wise you know over there the, and then the bigger of a stage you go to the bigger of a when you get outside and, yeah you, you start, start getting outside that's a pretty important thing like that but yeah so what do you think, I think this is what everybody's been tuning in waiting for is, 
What's a, what should a sound guy get paid? Ooh, oh, thanks, man. Wow. More bush light. Hold on. Can we hold that thought real quick? Yeah. There's more bush light in the in the scene. Yeah. We don't skimp on the no, uh, we got beer the bush selection lights. here. Well, I mean, hey, you know, the you money, the sponsorship yeah, money is just rolling in on these yeah, episodes. So Well, we, we hit we hit almost two million on that last mm-hmm. episode. So the last one went a little down. It was like one point eight. Oh yeah, well, yeah. But there's still some time. You know, there mm-hmm. were things that were going on in the world that people were concerned about. Right, you know, right. Yeah. Yeah. And right. uh, you know, people didn't know that we're gonna be donating a a Les Paul on this one. Yeah, they yeah. didn't know that yeah, if they, they wait forgot. till the end, they'll, they'll get a free Les Paul. Yeah, signed for, by for Garth Brooks. Or... <laughs> signed by Garth Brooks. <laughs> 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 All right, break time's over. On to the question that everybody wants to know. I'm a I'm a band. I'm going to hire a sound guy. What 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 do I need to pay to have you show up, run sound, make me sound good, bring all the gear? Well. Uh, it kind of depends on what the gig is. I mean, you want numbers? No, I'm just saying, what what what? Because there's, there's a there's a the, broad range yeah, here, just the, like bands. Let's let's say on the low end, it's uh, even split. Yeah. What what is the band making kind of the thing? Yeah. Yeah. And uh, you know, I've done I've done even splits when I was in a band and I wasn't the sound guy, and I've done even splits with you know as the sound yeah. guy. Yeah. And you mean so if five hundred dollars is is coming in for this band to play, they're, yeah. they're going to pay two fifty for the sound guy. Well, uh, or, or are we talking even split among members? Among the members, okay. that's the low end of it. Yeah, because you know, yeah, you got four band minimum. members, everybody's making a hundred bucks. Right. Okay. So that's that's like the minimum <coughs> yeah. deal is uh, even split with all the band members, and a lot of times on those deals, you know, it's because of a relationship mm-hmm. with the guys. Yeah, but relationship I am with, with, with the band. Mm-hmm. I know that they're playing at this one place that doesn't pay as much, and uh, you know we'll do it like that. And a lot of times they'll help out with loading and unloading. Yeah, and just you know call it. You know we're all equal band members. That's a good way to look at it because I mean, there are some people that might say that well the band's doing the work. This is why people are here. The band should be making more money than the sound guy. But there's also more to be said about if. The sound guy's bringing all this stuff, and the money's just not that good to where you got to... The importance of getting you to sound good as a newer band is more important than making the money at this point. Yeah, because you know? it gets you to where you'll make more money yeah, later. Correct. Taking into account that workload that that, that one person is putting in, yeah. as opposed to the five members of this... Four, four to five yeah. members of this band... But the workload of this one person, you know... It, maybe it's one person, maybe it's two, maybe it's three, but... You know, regardless, yeah. the, taking yeah. into account the workload is important. A four-hour show is not a four-hour show for me. Mm-hmm. No, it's you know at least two hours before, two, and hours, two, hours, two after. hours behind. Yeah, yeah. And, well, and I can't. I mean, that's kind of our just a setup time and teardown time as a band. I mean, yeah. you guys have witnessed that we just have way too much stuff, and it takes us forever. But yeah. for the most part, a band will roll in, have everything up and rolling, and sound checking within an hour for the most part, right? Yeah, I you know I get all happy when I. I try to make little efficiencies. Yep. Hey, I got in. It, I got it all set up in ninety minutes this Pop time. Pop on in. Yeah. This is great. You got to play those little games with yourself. Yeah, yeah <laughs> to make yourself feel better about <laughs> yeah. when you when you divide it all down and and figure out you made like six bucks an hour. There you go. Yeah. <laughs> no, I don't like thinking about that. <laughs> well, and, and when you establish a relationship with somebody, whether it's a sound guy or whether it's just techs or roadies and stuff, I mean, you're all in this together, and if you're doing this along the way and better gigs are coming and more and more 
yeah. money's coming in. Like that should be a rewarding thing for everybody. Yeah, you take some, you know, like I said, if you if you work with the same band a lot, you you know, you take some pride and ownership yeah. and and yeah. growing the whole thing. Well, and and guess who I, I will I will give a shout out to Doug Johnson again. So what's what's really funny is uh, we've been a band for ten years. This is our ten year anniversary this year, and we just could not break into the Cedar Rapids scene. We were playing five years ago. We were playing bars to nobody. You know, we played Red Baron when it was Red Baron. It's Ace yeah. now for an entire set. Not one single person yeah. leaned their head in. Yeah. Well, except for one time, we we decided to just start fucking around. We played Man in the Box, which we've never played before. And this guy <laughs> in an Alice and Jane's shirt walks in. <laughs> he walks in, takes a step in. You know, metal, metal horns. horns in the air, but then leaves. Like he's <laughs> he still doesn't want to hear the song, but he's like, "Good job, I'm going to go back over here." And I mean, we could not get anyone to to come to our shows, and we couldn't get. We're like begging and pleading for Uptown Friday nights, and and nope, 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 nope. And guess who got us uh, the uh, our very first Uptown show, which sort of propelled us, was Doug Johnson. He had mm -hmm. run sound for us a couple times, didn't really know him. But we made we built this really nice relationship. We we treated him well. We paid him well. We were really nice to him. And he goes, man, I really like those guys. And guess who usually gets a lot of the inquiries from bars and festivals? A lot of times it's the sound company. Yeah. A lot of times a sound company is there. They are doing this gig. They've done it for four or five years. And the group says, who do you think would be a good addition this year? And that's what Doug did. Doug goes, oh, there's this band. The pork tornadoes, and they're like, "Oh, have you looked that up on Urban Dictionary? That means bad things. We can't, we can't have that. We, uh, we have never played the Sweet Corn Festival because of our name. Apparently, that's oh, wow. a, it might be an urban legend, but that's what I've heard. So, uh, anyway, maybe but, if it was the corn tornadoes, yeah, the corn tornadoes, yeah. maybe, maybe you could change it again for a day and then yeah. change it back. Hey, Urban Dictionary came along after we were banned. All right, okay. <laughs> now everybody's googling Urban yeah. Dictionary and the pork but, tornadoes. Yeah, that's but, where I met Doug. Was at Uptown. Yeah, also. yeah. If you think about it, I, I mean, be, being nice to people and building relationships. I mean, that's what this is all about. Yeah. I mean, and, and now, now we've we overpay Doug by lots and lots of money because of just the work that he's put in and with us you and, know you know that's that's like i said i mean i i'll i'll just say flex again i do sound for other bands too but uh you know i'm more of a member of flex as far as the sound relationship Completely. thing that we're talking you're basically about. a band member and yeah as they get more money they make yeah. my cut better also it's a reciprocal thing because the better you sound the more people like you the more people are going to come back out and see you the better yep. shows you're going to get and we've been hard i feel like we say that same thing just every episode it's just well, it's the little details that you just keep going yeah. keep going push and this. i mean i you know i don't know that anybody ever says well we just want to be a small you know uh small band and yeah play to 20 people most of the time or whatever yeah. everybody can, wants to build bigger. tell yourself that but, but yeah. yeah i mean no one's gonna say they only want look we don't want can you just cap it at 20 people yeah tonight? that's it just that'd just be great don't like, let anybody else in the door oh, if one person we'll leaves let somebody <laughs> we'll else play back, at all yeah. the 15 capacity places and it's gonna be <laughs> yeah. packed with basically 20. this room right here that yeah, we're in would yeah. be a 15 capacity <laughs> yeah well yeah. And, and we've talked about it again and i feel like i'm gonna keep saying it every time it comes up but on a previous Wolfpack Productions podcast, we talked about um, cover bands versus original bands and things like that. Yeah. And we kind of drunkenly came up with this. There are three reasons why you're going to be in a band. You know, number one is just to create music and just be with your buddies in that moment of writing or learning songs and playing them and learning them. And like, this is great. 
Yeah. Number two is you want people to like it. Like, right. I feel like the cop out sometimes on original music and the DIY scene is like, we just, we just do this for ourselves. It's and for yes, us. we do. Yeah. We totally do this for ourselves, but you got it. You still want people to like it. Right. Or like yeah. at least some people to like it. You want someone to assimilate with, yeah. you, you know, to a degree. I mean, that's, that's, that is, it's, it's growing your circle. Your yeah. circle starts your circle as your band, but you want to grow. Yeah, it. And the one thing that you didn't mention in that whole episode is the bands that do both. Yeah. Well, then Which the, we do. Then the next is, is to make money. <laughs> off to make of it. money. Yeah. It's, you know? it's a growth. It's a growth. It's a progression of growth that, yeah. that you, okay. We, we want to make music. We want people to enjoy that, uh, have a good time with us. We'd like to maybe make some money while we do it. And that's I, do you, what it is. You, you mean to tell me that one time when Corn got together and was writing music that they're like, fuck everyone, this is just for us. <laughs> like, no, they were like, this is for us, but I want people to like it. And then a lot of people liked it and then they made a ton of money and now they're making a career off of, yeah, it's, it's a, they're hanging on, it's, but I mean, they're, I don't a, know why I use corn as an example. Well, but, it's fine. It's yeah. an assimil, I, like I say, I always go back. It's an assimilation, whatever you're feeling when you're putting your music together, you hope that other people feel that same way and then that will grow. And then at that point, I feel like number three comes along naturally. It, it does. Yeah. You know? At that so, point it comes naturally, you so, know? Yeah. What do you think, um, what's the proper way to handle uh, bar patrons and uh, owners that are coming up saying, "Turn, turn, can you please turn that down? Or, or hey, can you bring the low end down a little bit on that? Or can you yeah. can you cut the mids at about 120? <laughs> I usually, I uh, I you up. know, I'll grumble on the inside and I'll, I'll, uh, I'll act like I'm really listening. You know, as far as the drunk patrons go, when the, when the bar owner comes over there, I'm all ears. Yeah, but, yeah. I'm trying to help out here. But yeah, I mean, I, I consider myself an you know an employee of the bar. You know, yeah. also when we're doing sound, I want everybody there to be yeah. happy. And you know, you've always heard you know your whole life you can't make everybody happy, mm -hmm. but you got to filter those out. Which uh, which ones aren't important? How often yeah. has somebody said turn it down and you just put your finger on the fader but don't move it? And they go, yeah, yeah, that's perfect, that's yeah. good. <laughs> I, I've done that many a time. Yeah. In my life. Uh, it's the perception yeah, yeah. of you doing something. Oh, yeah, that, yeah, 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 that's good. Now you're if, telling if, everybody the tricks. If you nod, then they'll nod, and it's, everything's okay. So. Tell, tell me a story of a drunk bar patron saying that they know sound. Come um, up and be like, oh no, I've done, I ran sound back in LA in the 80s. And well, sometimes it'll be like, uh, like the the guitar player's girlfriend or something oh. that says, oh, I didn't hear that lead or I can't hear that lead as much Oof. or whatever. And most of the time when that's happening, it's what I talked about before. The guy is way too loud and I've got him muted in the system and she wasn't up close to the stage far enough. And he had the four. And you can't words. exactly tell her that it's your boyfriend's fault and not yeah. not mine. Yeah, I mean, I guess you could if you wanted to. When you're in the back, you don't hear it. When you're in the front, it's killing you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. And yeah. last thing I'm going to do is turn up a guitar that's killing people already in the front. <laughs> well, and does that kind of go back to even the the gear that you use or the the knowledge of of being a guitar player of knowing your frequencies on your amp and what guitars and what pedals go well with your amp. And cause you know, you've heard sometimes just the, the shitty amp, the shitty guitar, the wrong pedals, the wrong frequencies, yeah. just, uh, and it, I'll, I'll kind of quiz the guitar yeah. player. I, you know, I'm, I'm harder on the guitar players because I am a guitar player. I mean, I guess, you know, uh, like your old man, if your old man taught, uh, you know, uh, 
coach the the little league yep. team. He's going to be tougher on you than anybody else. Yeah. You know? God, I love but, you though. <laughs> so uh, you know, I'll quiz the guitar players Just to and see what you're and, dealing and with, see what's up, see what I'm dealing with, and you know, somebody make sure they don't have like a a 50 db boost pedal you know and that they're gonna click on me they have three of them in succession yeah, on their yeah. chain i've i've had Ugh. i've had it before oh, with no. 30 db hey man i got a 30 db pedal yeah <laughs> yeah i, I know i remember I've that part of the song removed it from your pedal board <laughs> so uh yeah i you know when you're when you're sound checking uh i try to get everybody to do whatever their loudest thing is yep. going to be so I can figure that out. So I'm not redlining channels. Do you, um, when you're sound checking, do you generally kind of hit a, a max volume, like like check mix at a very loud volume in order to then bring it down and know where you need to be potentially? Uh, not necessarily. And um, it, well, you know, I, I kind of do it the way that I. Well, let's say there, there's two different ways. Uh, when I, the bands that I've run before, I know exactly yeah, what to oh, expect, yeah. but. Um, when I run sound for myself, um, and it's a new place, so we just played the Chrome Horse Nubo yeah, for the first time. The new Nubo. Yeah. I had to, you know, I hadn't run sound in yeah, there yet. Don't know what the room's like yet. Don't know what the room's like. I can't just pull up an old. Because you, you, know, you use a digital console, yeah. so you've got scenes saved and yeah. things like that. Yeah. Yep. Saved scenes. I can't just pull up an old one. I pulled up an old one to start out with. Oh, yeah. But I can't just expect no. that it's going to work at this new place. So, I mean, and, uh, you know, like I said, when I run sound for myself, I got to set it and forget it. And um, first thing I do is is get all the drums dialed in, get them all mic'd up, turn the system up to a place where I think is right when the room's as far full. as volume. Yep. And then I, then I start listening to things like kick and start make sure the toms are all blended in. Then I, you know, with... Troy playing. He's a loud <laughs> drummer, so we, uh, you know, we we get that bass line, and then just start building yeah. up from there. Then I get the bass started and bring that up to the volume of the drums. Yep. Then I'll bring in start my guitar, and then guitars. we get the vocals on top. Do you play wirelessly so that you can kind yeah. of run around the crowd yep. if you need to? Sure do. Nice. That's uh, that's huge. I mean, th hopefully, some people are even just we're scratching the surface of what it takes to run sound properly. Hopefully, some people are are going, well, man, that, that makes a lot of sense. I wouldn't even thought of that. And well, something uh, just like that, that I didn't even think about when I first got this system, it's a rack mount system that you can, uh, you know, wirelessly send it to what a computer. It's a Personas okay. uh, rack yeah. mount board. And um, you hook up an internet router to it and it sends the signal out to your computer and you can don't have to run a big snake out and you can use the computer to run the sound. Well... Uh, as it turns out, uh, internet routers that you use to send that signal out can interfere with your guitar wireless mm -hmm. and your vocal wireless <laughs> mics and stuff. They're all on the 2.4 G. Uh, didn't know that when I first started running sound <laughs> for us. Why is this and, happening? And I, no. I think at one point I, I just took my wireless off my guitar, threw it down, and hooked <clears throat> up a cord. Yeah. Because an uh, internet router sends out a strong signal oh, yeah. compared to what a guitar wireless does, and it will wipe you out. Well, and I'd say most stages nowadays have at least one or two routers on stage. You know, you've got yeah. light guys, you've got sound guys, you've got band in-ear monitor systems. I mean, you gotta you got to know that. Like, what's the proper gear to be using yeah. for that? And you got to at least separate them so you can 
you know, yeah. kind of keep that signal, that internet router signal to you know, keep from wiping out People your guitar. People are grumbling but, right now. There, uh, there's well, no room for internet with rock and roll. Yeah. <laughs> well, but okay. with the modern modern routers, I figured out that you can turn off the 2.4G, yeah. yeah. use the 5G exactly. signal, and that's how I get by doing that. See, that's why you hire somebody who's already been through this stuff. Yeah. Who's been through the and it all it just it. takes planning. Yeah, you know, you got to plan the stuff out before you know. I could have saved a lot of money on things that I thought I would need, and I bought all the stuff, and then I don't use it now. Yeah, and, you know, and anybody that thinks that they're going to go and buy a PA system, you, you're looking at the prices of sound boards, yep. the prices of speakers. Forget all that. Yeah, I've got twice just, as much money in just the cables. Oh yeah, right. Yeah. the stuff wow. you're not even thinking about. Yeah, yeah, just the mic cords and speaker cables and all that stuff. Yeah, twice as much money easily. Yeah, it's it's almost more. I'm not even gonna say almost. It's more of an investment of a sound production company than it is to be in a band. Yeah, for for money spent in in equipment and gear. And then you know things backup things. Yeah, I've got backup power amps in case something goes out. Yeah. Last thing you know, I have nightmares thinking what what happens if if the power amp for the mains goes out in the middle of the show and everybody's looking at me. Yeah. What do I do? Well, what I do is I use one of my spare power amps, but you know that's why I got one. I spent the money and I've got power amps that I never even turn yeah, on. Yeah, but guess what? That one time you need it, it's yeah. there. Yeah, yeah. There's there's something to be said about backups. I mean, I think at this point now we have a backup of everything. Yeah, in our band, like Total backup redundancy. of cables and kick pedals and cymbals and everything, just because. Like, what if? Stuff happens and and it has happened. Yeah, I mean, yeah, Spinal Tap, you know. <laughs> That's exactly right. Well, Rick, what do you think? I'm gonna I'm gonna finish this up by asking things that I ask everybody else. Is like, you know, what do you what do you think of the scene right now in Cedar Rapids? I mean, you know, we're we're putting this group together in order to just kind of continue to help the scene. The general consensus is that it's not bad, it's not down, yeah. that it just maybe continues to need a kick in the pants a little bit. I mean, what are your thoughts on the scene right now? Yeah, well, like I said earlier, I, I originally came from southern Indiana, and I moved here about uh, 10, 12 years ago. I didn't start playing until about 2010. Like um, you didn't even play guitar? I Well, I didn't just start playing oh, guitar. Okay. I, okay. I, I used to play <laughs> guitar say, back really in the old good. days. <laughs> if you look on Facebook, you'll find some pictures with me with my hair, hair almost to my knees. Yep, yep. And then, uh, you know, my girls were young, got three girls. And, you know, for a period of time, probably 10 years when the girls were Weren't young, gigging out or anything, I didn't, just, uh, yeah. didn't play any, yep. in bands anymore because it was family. You know, the, the girls were young and stuff. But now my youngest is 22 and... Uh, it was time to rock. Yeah, time to rock. So out, uh, when we came here to Cedar Rapids, uh, you know, I told my wife, I said, you know, what do you think about me starting to play guitar again? And she was like, well, as long as you uh, keep the keep the drinking under control and, <laughs> and, and I'd be and like, don't well, be I guess I'm not asshole. playing anymore. <laughs> <You know? laughs> but uh, you know, it was a little bit it was a little bit different here. Uh, back in Indiana, people thought nothing. You can go there right now uh, this weekend and see somebody play. You'll pay fifteen bucks. Really? Yeah, it's just not a thought in the world about. They about don't even cover. think about it. It's ten, fifteen bucks, and that's just what people do. Yeah. And and here it was the first time I ever seen no cover, and you I was like, wow. Though? And I, you know, at first I thought it was, you know, and I go back and forth in my thinking. I thought it was, I thought it was cool as a as a as a, patron, as a music yeah. watcher. Oh, yeah. <laughs> but then then I'm thinking the bars are killing themselves because they have to pay all this money up front out of their own pocket, and you know, uh, if you charge cover, you just kind of weed out the people that can't uh, that can't bring a crowd. Yeah, and then yeah, then oh man, it's it's I think we're too far. 
into the no cover thing. I don't think we'll ever get back from it, man. And like you guys talked about in episode one. Yeah. Um, you know, everybody's got to do it at the same time. It has to happen. And, and then you'll probably know. take a hit for a month you'll or so. You'll take a long yeah. hit from people that won't want to go to the And then people anymore. will start going, well, okay, that's just how it is. Yeah. But I mean, you know, you know, what's it cost to go see a movie nowadays? You know, that, that's the thing. Like, and people, buy yeah. the, you know, food and drinks there. And, you know, you spend 50 bucks. People clearly put a value on live music because they are going, people are going out to watch yeah. live music. Like, they yeah. really are. Yeah. But they're just, they don't want to pay for it. And yeah. I don't know why there's not a, a value there in Cedar Rapids. But thinking. the cool thing here in Cedar Rapids is there's a lot of places playing music and people are going out. I mean, I do it every weekend. Yeah, you try to if, get out if you're not running if sound. If I'm not, not running playing, sound, or... I'm, I'm, you know, I've even talked my wife into going, you know, and she's like, man, you're out at the, we're out at the bars every time and she'll come with me when yeah. I'm running sound and hang out or whatever. And, but, uh, yeah, I mean, there's, there's stuff to do every weekend. There's somebody to see. I've noticed, I think just even in the last month or two months that it seems like more and more people are going out. Like conceptually to me, I feel like they're, there's more and more people going out and there's more and more people sharing the the Iowa Live Music uh, website yeah, app. The app is great. It's amazing. I mean, and it's, I, I mean, I wanted to know, I'm very Irish in case you can't tell by this uh, giant red beard, but St. <laughs> Patrick's Day is a no-no. I do not play shows on St. Patrick's Day. I did one time. It was a disaster. But this year I wanted to be like, what's going on on St. Patrick's Day? And I pulled up my app. I'm like, okay. I basically planned my day based on the app on where I was going to go. Yeah. Nice. Well, yeah. uh, St. Patty's Day, I'll actually be, this is going to be a stupid weekend for me because mm-hmm. I'm actually going to be in two places at once. Oh, you're, you're building an empire at this point. Yeah, now, well, aren't you? I've, I've started to get so busy that I, uh, and this is not, I'm not even advertising. This is just friends or whatever yeah. saying, hey, call up I need Clay you or whatever. Time. Well, I've run into a few situations where I said, man, I wish I could have done that or whatever. So now I've just put together a second system. And maybe a second engineer type thing that you and trust? I had to had to do that. Yep. Yeah. And I got a, got a buddy to help and uh, he can run it. And that's uh, what's happening for St. Patty's Day because there I'm is. playing and... Derek at the Chrome Board said, empire, I, I need somebody for this. I really need somebody. I, I've tried. I can't find anybody. And I go, okay, okay, I'll speed up my plans a little bit. So this is the first time that uh, System 2 is going well, out. You're going to have to start wow. charging more money now, man. Yeah. You're getting, you're getting into the big leagues. Yeah. Or uh, maybe a free hamburger or something. For, yeah, just yeah, give, me, give me a free burger or something. We'll call it good. <laughs> so what do you think, I mean, uh, in closing, what do you think um, can continue to be done? For, for the scene of Cedar Rapids? I mean, how, how do we keep things going on a better trajectory for the music scene? Well, I think, uh, you know, helping each other, really. Uh, this kind of stuff, everybody talking, you know. Uh, I don't know if it's because I'm older now, or but I, I don't know. You guys probably remember when you're younger, you know, everybody was in competition. Yeah. You know, uh, mm. guitar players didn't want to show their licks to each other and, you know, we're going to blow these guys off the stage, right. you know, and yeah. now I'm older. I don't care. I'm doing my thing. I'm happy as long as other people are happy and coming to see me and I get to play and get to do sound. Or it, as long as I can still have my gig, there's enough room for everybody to do good. And I think everybody needs to help each that's other. That's huge. If, if the music, if all the bands are friends, that's almost what creates the scene. Whenever, yeah. whenever I've been in a good scene 
community, it's because all the bands just loved hanging out with each other. Exactly. And, and, and you know, I see each other play. I've enjoyed it even more so after I started running sound because I started meeting more people, yeah. meeting more bands and getting closer to more musicians and even the fans I just, you know, remember me, you know, and it, you know, mm -hmm. it just makes it cooler. Yeah. Yeah. That's huge. Any, any questions there, AJ, man? I don't think I have any questions, man. Uh, you start okay. getting Mike Schultz calling you up and, <laughs> yeah. and saying, yeah, hey, I know. Man. Dude, I'm the Dude, future the mayor of Cedar Rapids, yeah, all right? Exactly. <laughs> so, well, uh, I will ask. I will ask this. Where, where, where are you watching live music at right now? Where, 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 do you, where are you going? Um, well, I, I guess the regulars around town, mm -hmm. uh, both Chrome Horses, CRL, Rumors, Tailgaters. Cool. Those are kind of the big ones. Okay. Aces and eights. Yeah, ace and eights. They're, they're, okay. They seem to Great. be doing pretty well yeah. compared to the Red Baron when yeah. I was there. And I did a lot of shows at the Red Baron with uh, Canty Rocks in the yeah. old days. Yeah. And are those places... In the old uh, days, 2010. The old days, yeah, man. Wow. <laughs> are those places covers, originals, both? Um, well, I'd seeing? say Tailgaters is probably the only one that has originals. So everybody okay. else is kind of... Uh, Have you run a sound for any original acts yet? Oh, yeah. I... Um, did a well did a show for brandon gibbs oh yeah that was the, just on was, what saturday was, i think it was no it wasn't it wasn't it was a couple months ago oh, okay. at the chrome horse yeah okay and uh then you know not original uh but was pretty uh pretty darn close yeah well it was the the motley crew tribute band right, from right. uh detroit you know and uh you know they they had a lot of wants and uh, actually, Brandon Gibbs, he he was very cool, very cool, and he played great. But they had a list right. of things they expected, and and Derek called me up and said, "I'm having trouble filling out this list." He's like, <laughs> "Does your equipment meet these specs?" And I said, "Yeah, well, it does." It, it does, and he was like, "All right," and I was like, "Well, all right, I'll charge you more." Yeah. Oh, yeah. Hundred <laughs> percent. At that point, just you know what you're dealing with now. Yeah. yeah. And you know they were. They were pretty picky about what they wanted and, and their monitor levels Ugh. and all kinds of stuff. They were playing acoustic and, you know, wanted the acoustic. You know, there was no bass player, but they wanted... Some low uh, end to come through. They right? wanted a lot of low end. I'm like, well, it's a it's a mid-range instrument, but I'll yeah, try okay, to make can... it low for you. Is that one of those things where you, you put your finger on it and they go, oh, yeah, that's good, and you didn't change anything? <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> Most people don't know what they're talking about. There you go. Are well, the expectation lists a, a love-hate for you? Well, it's nice to know what they want, okay. but, um, you know, at that point, uh, well, <laughs> yeah, so they put out this big list of what they wanted and, um, uh, uh, the drummer was just going to have a cajon. Oh, jeez. So I, you know, I studied a little bit, yeah, you know, like to, you to read about how you mic those. Cause I hadn't done one before when I got there, uh, he brought a kit <laughs> and it was, God, it was for... your boy from, uh, uh, Gabe's. Not red, Gibbs, but uh, no, the oh, I thought it was. I'm getting it confused, but it was the guy from Rascals over Rascals? in um, Rascals. uh, oh, Rascals. Uh, where is it over in Quad uh, Cities? Yep, yeah, yep, yep. Oh, okay. So, yeah, hey, that drummer, yeah, he brought a whole kit, <laughs> oh, except for the, the kick, it was a cajon. <sighs> what are we doing here, drummers? <laughs> really? Come on, we need to form a, a subgroup of this called Drummers. <laughs> Like that, and we can just be like, "Come on, don't use so a cajon yeah, as a like, kick drum." All right, come on. Jeez, yeah. But uh, we figured it out. Well, it's a uh, sometimes I, on the fly. You just gotta you gotta go with it. And you know, mentioned sound checks earlier. <sighs> a lot of times in these bars, they're you know they have dinners, they have lunches. Yeah, you can't just crank it. it up and sound check for 
three hours, you know, and make sure everything is perfect. You have, I'll, I'll get everybody's signals on mute, you know, and most of the people that do me, you know, I'll get their signal. I'll say, check the mic like you mean it, yell into the thing, you know, get their signals. And if I haven't worked with them before, they were like, I can't hear anything. I, can't. Yeah, I know. Don't worry just, about just it. Run, it's on yell mute. Yell on your mic. <laughs> yeah. I'm looking at the levels. But uh, after that, as far as mixing it and stuff, we're gonna I, do this on the fly. Yeah, man. do it uh, first song, you know, and Oof, yeah, and, and don't come and talk to me during the first song no, when I'm doing a new band. No, don't talk That's, to me. I'm normally a kind of a quiet guy, and I had to, you know, find my voice. Yeah, oh yeah, because you're the guy. A lot of yeah, you have to direct it. If you don't run it, it'll run. I'll you. tell you, I will fully attest to that. We uh, we did a show last summer where there was this kind of mom and pop organization that had a full on stage and lights and sound. And so they got contracted for this gig and they were like, uh, and nothing against this, but it can kind of help you. They were like a, a church group that had all this really nice gear, but yeah. they just didn't really know how to run it. And the guy we're doing sound check and we fully expect you to be like, kick snare hat. Okay. Play one. Okay. Stop. Give me something with that. Like, tell right. us what to do. Right. And this guy would not tell us what to do. We're like, what do you want? He's like, Oh, I don't know. What do you, what do you normally do? And like, no, tell us what you want, yeah. and we—I mean, we almost got really mad at this guy because we're like, "Come on, yeah, man! You—you you got to find your voice." Yeah. And this I is your to, time that, to tell yeah. us what to do, and, and you have to. You got to direct it, or it's going to run you. <laughs> yeah, well, and, and you don't want that. And one, one more story too, just to test to, uh, to sound guys and and how you should treat them is uh, we just played a private gig in uh, Long Beach, California, for this private event, and we had mm -hmm. to, of course, rent gear. While we were out there in SIR of Los Angeles, you know, comes and sets everything we gave. We had like a restaurant menu. I'm like, oh, I'll have that. I'll take this. It's called I'll backline, have that. kids. Yeah, backlining. It was amazing. Walked up. <laughs> it was all set up. Wow. Everything was amazing. But these guys are all like X 80s like strip guys. You yeah. know, like still got the long they hair. just... Got done eating pizza at the Rainbow. Totally, and and we walk in and they're like, "Well, here they here they come," like fully <laughs> expecting us to just be total dicks to them. And we were immediately we're like shaking hands, like, "How are you, man? Like, nice to meet you. I'm Mike." And hey, how's everything? Can you? Oh, that's great. Thanks so much for setting this up. And they, you saw it in their face. They were sort of confused that we were talking to them and being nice. These to Iowa them. guys are different. Yeah, <laughs> right. And by different the end breed. of the night, we 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 had the best time, and they were super super helpful and. They were really great to work with, yeah. and and I think they were surprised that we just treated them as like an equal. Yeah, because like, I don't think it happens all the time. I, it, I guess it doesn't. No, but, you know, you really just gotta, you know, the the whole thing. You gotta stop and think about it. it's because we want to make the experience for the crowd great. Yeah, we're all yeah. in this together. We all gotta work yeah. together yeah. to get that. And however we get there, there's multiple paths, but you gotta you gotta work with each other to get there. If if uh. If a band is messing up on stage, sometimes people look at the sound guy. Oh yeah. And if a and if a sound guy is messing up out there, they're looking at the band. Like I mean, we're <laughs> all in this together. Yeah. 100%. If one of us is fucking up, it's not working. Mm -hmm. Yeah. yeah. I, I do have a question. Uh, oh, wait, who is this? Who's speaking? <gasps> I'm Sean. To ghost. <laughs> uh, I do have a question about uh, gratitude because uh, a lot of. I mean, you, you pretty much have to double up on your equipment pretty much like to accommodate for four or five members of a band. Um, I'm wondering what uh, what it means to you to like get a thank you at the end of the night from the band or, or from a patron of the bar. At, at the end of the night, especially when I first started, but I still enjoy it. It's, you know, it's nothing better than uh, having the band and the crowd happy. And when they tell you, you know, then you know you did it. 
Shoot, even if it's one person. Yeah, just I mean, because they're going out of their way to say, "Hey, you yeah, did, you yeah, they don't have tonight. to say anything." And you know, if they do, it's great because then you know the you know. And I, I always ask the band, "Is everything good up there? Yeah, oh, everything yeah. cool? You could hear everything and and quiz them." In the middle of the show and then at the end of the show. And when they say, dude, everything was great. I could hear myself. I could hear him. I could hear him and no problems. Then I'm like, cool. Okay. That's sort of your gratitude of did, sorts. Did the job there. And, you know, and then when crowd people come up and go, man, they sounded good tonight. And, you know, I could hear the singer. I could hear, you know, and that's what people but mostly that's say. Generally, I could hear the when, singer. When dude comes up to a sound guy that's usually the in is to be like, oh, everything's great. By the way, I used to run sound back in the night. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's that's the next conversation, yeah. right? Yeah. Yeah, have happened. you tried uh, using the high EQ fa- uh, filter pass on the... <laughs> the flux capacitor. <laughs> yeah. Yes, I've used that before. <laughs> Tippy bartenders, a- thank your sound guys. Thanks, yes, yeah, there 100%. it is. Yeah, that's that's huge. Well, yeah, I, mean, I talked to the bar people, too, because, uh, you know, you get uh, Jameson yeah? giving you the eye. Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, like, uh, hey, bro, can you can you fix that a little bit? (laughs) You know, when it's too loud, and you know, and that's another thing. You know, I want it to be a rock show. Yeah. Which means that it's got to be a certain volume to you got to feel it to feel it and make you you know just live it and feel it and be rock and roll. But then again, I don't want to kill people. You know, I try to try to make it at a volume to where you can still talk to your friends without putting your you know putting your mouth two inches from their <laughs> ear and screaming as loud as you can yeah because you know it's uh, you know it's uncomfortable and people just won't stick around for that especially yeah. people over 40 yeah oh yeah <laughs> they sure. just especially don't want like, that anymore this isn't gonna happen i'm out of here yeah well that's that's i mean if anything that sums and there's up a fine the, line between all that oh yeah but that sums up the importance of Having a good sound guy and yep. and having someone you know that you can trust because on stage you don't know yeah you have no clue what's going on out there so if you have somebody that you can trust I mean I, I think it's one of the more important aspects of being in a band um, and so I mean I challenge everybody to get out there if you, if you're running your own sound learn more about it you know like ask like, questions yeah man, ask there's questions. a ton of YouTube, YouTube stuff man. out there I Believe me, when I first started doing this, I was on YouTube, but you know, everybody started somewhere watching about compression and, yeah. and EQing and yep. all the, there's, there's little tricks. I mean, we don't want to get into technical stuff here, but, uh, you know, there's a lot of problem frequencies that mm-hmm. a sound guy should know about these yeah. and, and know it, how to remove them. If you are, if those are the first things I go after when I built the second system, I fired up my PA and every channel, I just started cutting out those frequencies yeah. yep. just as like a baseline yeah. scene to pull up. Yeah. Nice. That's huge. Yeah. That's, I mean, having a, having a good sound guy and you know what guys, there are so many incredible sound guys and companies in this town at, at every level. I mean, right. you've got some guys that just have very small system that are willing to get out and work that are affordable. Yep. And then you move up the chain to full blown line arrays. And, you know, I mean, for whatever you need in this town, somebody's got you covered. Yeah. yeah somebody does. And there are people that want to work, you know, yeah. Rick's just, building an empire here. He needs more yeah. sound engineers and more, <laughs> more stuff. So. Yeah. yeah. I'm looking for trainees. <laughs> you yeah, see, yeah, you want to learn about sound. Yeah. You want to learn about sound production and running sound like, Go yeah. chat with somebody, man. I'll, I'll send you out with a system, and you know, it'd only be like half of my credit cards. 
Yeah, yeah just have. Yeah, it's no. fine. It's insurance, all right? <laughs> Seek out those sound guys and support them the way that you want to be supported in your band. Yep. You know what I mean? And, and like get them involved. Yep. So, yeah. Ask you. some questions yeah. and, and go out to shows and see, uh, see bands and uh, notice the sound guy. Notice yeah. his equipment. Notice the, the, the mix. Notice how loud they're running. Yeah. Uh, and you know, pick out you know, pick out what you like. I love it, man. Well, Thanks, I appreciate Rick. you coming by on short notice too. We were yeah. just like, Oh man, let's do a sound guy episode. Hey, are you free? <laughs> yeah. yeah. My <laughs> wife didn't even mind. It's our twentieth anniversary what? today. Oh my yeah. gosh. So, Congrats, congratulations. Yeah, thank you. your wife for us. You'll be a, you'll be heard by over two million people within a few yeah. days. So yeah, I mean, you can tell her that. All kinds of likes on the picture that my mom put on my Facebook page there you today. Go. Perfect. There you go, man. Thanks, Rick. Thanks yeah. for taking what you do seriously, man. And same with other sound guys out there, but really appreciate it. Yeah, Thanks for thank coming you. Hey, AJ, anything to go out on here, man? That is it. That is it. Just thank you, sound guys, for your unsung heroedness <laughs> for who you are. Hero-ness. Seriously. Yes. Check out a little Wolfpack Productions. Yeah. I know I have been. Hey, thanks. Man. We saw some a little bef- before this. Yeah, it was real nice. Yeah, yeah. 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 Sean, ghost of Sean Pryor. Do you have anything to say? <laughs> I'm good. No, I'm just happy to be here. Just happy to be here. Well, I, again, I'm Mike Schulte with Pork Tornadoes. We're gonna keep doing this. Share this podcast to your friends. You know, like anybody that's in the music scene. Let's uh, make sure they don't do any advertising. But then, you know, right. but then make sure they're listening to the podcast. We're only helping the scene. So. Cool Rock guys. On. Let's get out of here. Yeah. More bush light. Woo. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs>